Welcome, welcome, welcome to Embracing the Gray with Vic and Kels, where we're here to challenge the all or nothing thinking when it comes to all things food, body, and mindset. And today is a very special episode. We're going to be having Vic lead a lot of it because she had watched a documentary called Stuts, um, and it really inspired a lot. So um, go ahead and take it away. Yeah, so... I have 5 million pages of notes, but I will (laughs) will try to condense it in a appropriate manner. Um, But the other night I was sitting on the couch and I'm like, what do I want to watch? And I saw this documentary, it's called Stuts. Um, It's referring to Jonah Hill. He's an actor. I literally, I I asked Josh, I was like, hey, do you know who that is? He's like, yeah, like why why don't you know who it is? And I'm like, I just, I'm not good with movies. And so he named a few of the movie season. I was like, oh, okay. But his therapist is this, um, and psychiatrist is this um, individual, this man named Phil Stutz. Uh, And the documentary is called Stutz. It's very confusing. I was like, shut, Stutz, I keep confusing it. Um, But anyways, so this this guy, I'll just say Phil, because it's just a weird last name. Um, Phil is his psychiatrist and therapist, and they basically did this entire documentary about, it was supposed to kind of be, he wanted to, Jonah wanted to do it about his therapist, and it ended up being a lot of, like, getting into the depths of stuff that he was struggling with. It was like a total open conversation session, if you will. And so he was like, you know, trying to just keep it about Phil and, and Phil kept turning it back on him. And long story short, like maybe two thirds, a third of the way in, um, he's like, I think I need to be honest. Like I've been lying to you about how the documentary is going. And long story short, this whole documentary looks like it was just filmed in one day and it took over two years to film it. And he's like, I'm wearing a fake, like Jonah was like, I'm wearing like a fake piece of hair because my head's shaved. And like, cause they're, they're in this, what's supposed to look like Phil's office space, right? Where they uh-huh. do therapy. And, and that was kind of, it was kind of very surface level, just kind of getting to know his therapist. And then once he came in um, the, that day, he was like, I just need to like come clean about this. And that's kind of when it started getting into like the deeper stuff of, like the whole documentary does that make sense kind of (laughs) yes it's literally like they were sitting in front of a green screen it completely looked like they were in an office setting like a therapist and a patient okay and he was just kind of asking questions about phil's life and one of the things that he's really known for are all of these different tools that he uses and for all of his patients, he writes them on index cards. And so they just have like a bunch of like index card. It just reminded me of like when I was in treatment and I had a binder of stuff. Um, and so there's a bunch of different tools and whatnot that are mentioned in the documentary. And one of them, I was just like, I, I was bawling my eyes out when I watched it and I watched it over and I watched it over. Um, and so basically Jonah was saying, you know, therapy has changed my life and these tools have changed my life. And I want to make that accessible for everybody else essentially was kind of the goal of it. Okay. And so this was his actual sessions. Like how, how long into it did they say we have to come clean? So he, I, from what I understood, like he basically like, Phil just kind of like kept coming back, you know, day after day doing these recordings and they were trying to make it look like it was just, you know, like maybe a one hour session or an hour and 30 minutes. And, and so like, I'm guessing they just took snippets from those times. And he like, I guess, kept asking Jonah, like, Hey, how's the documentary coming? And he would say, Oh, it's great. Like it's doing fine. And it's like, well, obviously Phil's part of the documentary. So he should be able to kind of like see it and so he was like I'm gonna just like be honest like I've been like lying to you it's not going well like I'm not doing it was just it was interesting because it looked like the perfect setting it looked like a certain way um but obviously this I guess was filmed over two years so I don't know like the con it was kind of like it kind of just like got to the point and then started getting really deep into the different tools and stuff I guess the one question I have, like, were they wearing different clothes? Were they, 
Nope. No, they were wearing the same clothes every time. Weird. This is so then once okay. so it, so then once they so it was like black and white starting in the beginning, and then once he was like, this like this has been over the course of two years and we're on a green screen, the green screen comes open and then there's like color in the, in the documentary. So it was interesting, like kind of just the visual, I guess, type stuff. Um, but I've never, I guess from the tools that I, there were so many, I'm guessing I tried to write down one, two, three. He probably mentioned like 10 to 12 different types of tools that he implements with his patients. Okay. And he, I don't know how old he is now, but probably in his seventies at least. And he has, he was diagnosed with Parkinson's. And so um, Jonah starts asking him kind of like questions about his Parkinson's and his illness. And like, has he been, it was kind of this breakdown, I guess, of the therapist patient relationship and them kind of being on a level of friend friendship mentorship type thing okay um it was very beautiful I I watched it twice today and I just I don't I don't know why it just it was so in a way weirdly like um Phil reminds me of my grandpa like the way he would respond to things and so I have like that weird kind of like oh that reminds me of papa um but the things that he said were just so profound and like they're, it's not just cognitive behavioral therapy. It's not just DBT or acceptance commitment therapy. It was kind of just like a jumble of different things and like his methods that worked for his patients, essentially. Okay. I'm, I, let's, let's dive in. What are some of yeah. the tools or what was your biggest? So the takeaway? biggest tool, and I'm like, I think, you know, had it been presented in a different way, it might not have been as, um, it might not have like hit so hard. But Jonah struggled his entire life with his weight mm-hmm. and he was overweight. And um, actually his mom ended up coming into the documentary to film and they had this whole interaction um, regarding like, um, he was like, the fact that you wanted to fix me, like that you wanted me to lose weight was really hurtful because you were the like one female figure that I looked up to. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, if she wants to change me, then I'm bad and I'm doing something wrong. And so they ended up having a really cool conversation, but the tool or like the, the concept is essentially it's called the shadow. Okay. And so it's basically, if you're watching on YouTube, it's like, this is me, right? Victoria. And then there's a shadow that's kind of following everywhere that I go. So I'm going to read a few things so that I don't mess this up, but the shadow is the version of you that you want to hide from the world the most. Um, It is essentially like the, the depth of any shame that you have is that person, like any form of insecurity, any form of just like deep seated. I don't want people to find out that this is me. Like that is supposed to be your shadow. And so he basically says, so he was like, Jonah, who is your shadow? And he brings this, I mean, I sent you like a little oh, recording, yeah. of me, but that, that picture of him and it was him when he was, I believe he said he was 14 years old and he was like, I was overweight. And this is like the version of me that he felt like regardless of all the movies he's done, all the success he had. Um, he had mentioned like he started uh, seeing Phil when he was in his early 30s he was in the best shape of his life and he was like those things meant nothing because I still saw myself as this 14 year old kid that was overweight and everybody wanted to change him Mm -hmm. and so um, he he explained yeah so like regardless of the fame he still saw that version and that he was basically like continually denying that that was part of him and it's like now he's not overweight and he's, you know, a different person. He's achieved all of these things, but he's going to deny that version, that like past version of him, I guess. Does that make sense? It does. I mean, I've heard a lot about shadow work um, and, and kind of I haven't dove in a lot into it myself, but it is that that idea that I know that there are things it's like that deep part of you that you don't want anybody to see 
that you don't, like you said, that shameful bit about you, but you know, it's there. And I think like when it comes to shadow work, it's learning how to accept that part of you and accept that that is a part of you and not trying to shame it or change it, but just like recognizing it for what it is. And I don't know, does that make sense? Yep. And we're going to get into it about how to, what to do with the shadow. So your shadow is characteristics of your personality that you perceive anything that's like negative. Mm-hmm. And so Carl, it's, I always was like Carl Jung, right? No, Carl Jung. <laughs> yeah. Carl, I, I heard another guy pronounce it Yoon, the Swedish mm-hmm. psychiatrist um, was the one that coined the term. It is defined as the sum of all the unpleasant qualities that we like to hide. And essentially, once you learn to like develop a relationship with your shadow, that's kind of where that true, I guess you could say freedom is. Mm. So he essentially was like, everybody's shadow is going to be different, but the root of the shadow, regardless of who you are, regardless of the body you're in, any of those things, it's all rooted in shame. And so he goes through, like, first, you need to know that you have a shadow and that 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 potentially this type of thing does exist. And obviously, it's not a physical form, but a past version of you. And he says, visualize a time in your life where you felt inferior, embarrassed, rejected, despondent. It's the part of you that you wish you were not, but you are. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but you can't ever get rid of it. And so... For Jonah, it was that like version of himself that just felt like completely undesirable. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to think like, what would that version of me, what, when was that? Or, you know, and I couldn't like f- think of a specific like picture or image, but I can point like the feeling of just feeling like out of, I mean, we've talked about it out of place, too big, like all of those just yucky feelings, I guess. And so he then, so this is basically like the, if you've been in therapy, just like the actual correspondence between a therapist and a patient. So he was like, okay, Jonah, you have your shadow. Now I need you to visualize this time. Um, And then he said, what do you do with that image of yourself in the present? Because that was a past version of you. So what are you going to do with it now? And he was like, you could acknowledge it and start talking to your shadow. And so he was like, how, so for me, like, how does she feel about you and how, how have I dealt with that version of me? And so when I think about my shadow version, I, again, like, I still need to like go through pictures and stuff of what that would be, but I've dealt with like my shadow by just being like, you don't exist or like pushing it away or this is me now. I'm not even going to acknowledge that you exist. And so like thinking about whatever your shadow is, how did you make that person feel? How did you deal with them? Did you sweep them under the rug? Did you pretend they didn't exist? Like, what was that for you? And so I'm like having, I'm like, I'm really like trying to go deep. I'm like, okay, what are the like parts or aspects like, and it's, oh, that's so interesting. Like, I know that there are, and it's, it's all of a sudden, like for me, because it's not really, and mine was interesting, right? It wasn't physical. Like it's, it's not like you or Jonah where people could see it, like you said, where you felt so exposed. Yeah. Um, but there's definitely things like I, I, all of a sudden I'm having these weird, like uncomfortable feelings where I'm, I know I'm being recorded and I, it's stuff that I know that I've, I've dealt with and I've, I've, I've talked about with certain people but there's still that like feeling of shame where you're just like, Oh, that's Mm -hmm. interesting. Why are you uncomfortable to talk about that? Why are you uncomfortable to like, uh, you know? And so it's that, that's interesting because I also know like shame keeps us stuck. Shame Mm -hmm. keeps us isolated. And the one way to actually get rid of shame or to release it is to shine light on it Mm -hmm. is to talk about, about it is to be, yep. And this is and me. Like, and so literally, and if you need to like put it in a realistic term, like turn literally turn around and tell your shadow, like, I see you. Because mm-hmm. it's when you think about 
like situations I mean anything like that I guess you could say triggers you or causes you to react in a way you didn't want to like is that really because of what's happening in the present or was it something that like your past self your shadow is holding on to mm-hmm. um and are you reacting that way because of the way you've treated yourself in the past or the way that you're treating like a past version of you? It's so, it's so like not a physical thing. You really have to, it's a lot of emotions. I've, I've been thinking about this for literally weeks. Like this might sound confusing to you. So you might need to come back to the podcast to listen (laughs) to it again, but it's a lot and it's kind of all at once. So I acknowledge that. No, but it's, it's really cool. Like, again, for me, it's, it's, when I start thinking about it, like just, just personally, it's, it's always, um, it's more relationship stuff. Like, well, there's, there's aspects of it, right? Like that it's not just one version. Like there, when it comes to relationships, that, that version of me, that's been so afraid of commitment, that version of me, who's, who hasn't been loyal in relationships, who's cheated, who's done things that I never thought that I would do. And, um, or, or constantly seeking validation through, through men or through sex or different things. And and then there's that version who just like, you know, just hasn't, is doesn't show up in the way that she, that I know I can, you know, and, or that, that version of me, that's afraid that I'll be a, a burden or that someone will get sick of me or like, it's just so interesting. I'm like, there's all these different aspects. I'm like, to like, it doesn't feel like one thing for me. Yeah. And it doesn't, I mean, this is like a part of your personality, not your whole personality like you are not just one I mean I I would say like for me since like mine is mostly body image and physically my body and my relationship Mm -hmm. with food like I I just remember like (laughs) vividly love my grandmother to death but when I was younger I was standing by the fridge and I think I've mentioned this but my stomach was sticking out too far and And I had never, that was kind of the first time somebody had said something to me about it. And I was young, like I was five, six, seven years old. And so that's kind of, I guess the, the thing that I go back to, Mm -hmm. but it could very well for you be like from your marriage, like that version. I mean, like that's when like the bulimia was at its worst were like two times in my life. And that was right after I got separated. And it, it was just this, I remember just feeling like I deserved to be punished. I didn't mm-hmm. deserve to be happy. I didn't deserve to feel good about myself. And like all of those feelings and that self-talk, like, dude, the way that it manifested in like toxic relationships, the way I treated friends, family, my body, like it's, it's crazy how that, that, that one part of me for sure. Oh. So, okay. So next. Mm-hmm. so um what is that image of yourself right what are you going to do with it so you're going to talk to your shadow so like how do you how does little Kelsey feel how does little Victoria feel and like how do they feel about the way that you've how you've treated them right mm-hmm. and then he says the next thing is well what does your shadow say you have to listen to your shadow oh and so Jonah was like my shadow saying you've denied my existence. My shadow saying that you've felt shame. You've tried to hide me. And so then I wrote things down like I'm unbelievably hurt. I'm angry. I'm upset. Like, how is that mm-hmm. little version of you? And we've talked, I think um the the Kendall Jenner one yeah. where she was Jay Shetty and she was like, I put that um the picture of herself on her mirror so that when she talks to herself, she remembers like that little girl. Mm-hmm. And in a, in a sense, you can kind of like think of that person and like, yeah, how would that person feel if if Kendall Jenner is up here now and like the little version of her is like, hey, that's I was you like I was part of this. You had to be this version of you to get to where you are now. Yeah, if that makes sense. no, and, and it does. And I mean, like those it, it is interesting to to just also see how it, that it, it shapes and changes as you grow, but it is just like when you can, even now, like, even though it feels uncomfortable, but to just recognize and say, and be like, yeah, but that was a past version of me. And I, I believe like, I think, so here's the difference, right? Like 
So sometimes it feels like there's past versions in me that I feel totally fine talking about because it's a past, because it's a scar, because I know that I have learned from those things and I'm no longer repeating those things that I actually have shifted my behavior. There are other aspects and other things where I feel like I haven't quite learned the lesson yet. I haven't quite, it still feels a bit more like a wound. And so somehow it's, it's sometimes a little bit more difficult to deal with. Um, Mm -hmm. But I know they're all still aspects of a shadow part of me. And I think like the biggest thing out of all of this that I'm getting is acceptance, which we have talked about before in a lot, like accepting where you are now, accepting the whole part of you, everything that makes you, you, and rather than denying it or, or, or shaming it. Um, because like, even if it's a weight loss journey or a health journey, the more you like shame it, you're that's that it's not going to help you get anywhere. Like you have to accept it first. Yeah. And I think just like going back to, I guess I, I think of like acceptance commitment therapy we've kind of talked about like fusing with like certain things like emotions Mm. and certain things I think um your brain might try to be like well I have this you know the relationship side the food side the body side right but it's like regardless if you go to the root of all those things it was either something you're wanting to hide now or something that you've wanted to hide from in the past so regardless that's still your shadow like, now that that'll be the thing like to try and like okay how do you all because you're right like it, it's just like the food thing it's a symptom yes. it's just a it's symptom of something deeper and you're right like all of these aspects like there is something where at the core yeah. and I'm wondering if it's like just a feeling of like unworthiness and I'm, I'm wondering where that comes from mm. um yeah so then obviously like thinking of well what would your shadow say so like saying that the, even just like thinking of like denying myself my existence like denying this little girl version of me makes me so sad like mm-hmm. to think that and it's like obviously that's not in a literal sense that that past version of me is sad but I think again it's a tool to help you like realize that in order to move through something, sometimes you kind of have to like conceptualize things and kind of, it's very, I guess, hypothetical. I don't know how else to explain it, but it's not a literal thing where I can like see the past version of myself. You kind of are going to be in your head a little bit about it. So obviously the next part is like, well, okay. So if my shadow, if I'm here and my shadow's here, how can I get them to line up? And if I can show you, so like he was like, this is, you know, oh, you, okay. shadow, you want it to be where your shadow is just kind of a part of you. Okay. Not this, it's following you or, you know, something happens and it's like, Hey, what's going on. Right. So he was like, your shadow needs attention and it doesn't need, he, he said something like, it doesn't need an Academy award. It doesn't need validation from you know a significant other it doesn't need any of that it needs attention from you Mm. and that is like essentially the internal work that you need to do and so he was like that being said ask your shadow what can I do to make up for not paying attention to you for such a long time and so Jonah was like my shadow is telling me that I need to share my life with him. I need to share my life with that version of me that I need to celebrate him because, you know, that version of me was part of my life and got me to where I am now um, to be proud of that version of him and to include him wherever he goes. And so like, I remember just hating working out. I remember hating going on walks when I was younger. And the best way that I can think about it is like, come on a walk with me. Let's go. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with your weight. It has nothing to, it's going to be about how you feel afterwards. And oh, it's making me cry. <laughs> but like, that is like, I don't know why I'm crying. <laughs> But like, that is something that I wish somebody would have just said. Ugh. 
was not planning on crying. Um, <laughs> and so, like, when when we talk about, like, our differences, like, it's super easy for you to go work out, right? It's just part of you. We've kind of talked about it might not even be necessarily discipline for you because you literally enjoy it so much. But for me, it is discipline because I didn't even connect these things until now. But like exercise and like even just the simple thing of like going on walks always felt to me like it had to be so that I could eventually be smaller and like fit the mold. Dude, this is, oh, I just did a post about this. I just did a post about this. How important your intention for why you're moving matters. I'm so, you cannot make movement shaming, like that you're doing it so you can get and look at, look a certain way. It, it will never, it will be miserable. It will be miserable and it will be a, a horrible experience. Like, yeah. oh, I wish I could get that through people's head. But I, I, I'm not even kidding you. I did not even click, click any of that until literally in the moment. So that's why I was like crying. But it's literally me. So my shadow, right? What I'm going to do is to start inviting this version of me so that I can teach myself to redefine things that I thought were, you know, th this one way. Mm -hmm. Like working out can be for my mental health and so that I feel better and that, you know, the endorphins and all that. It doesn't have to be so that I, you know, am a certain size or a certain, it doesn't have to be any of those things. Dude, so uh, there's like little things where I'm just like ah it's like connected it's all like it's it's similar but it's different and like it's just interesting I'm like what are the things that I'm scared of what are the things that have been holding me back what are and it's like I think part of me like why I've been so stuck in certain things here lately is I'm like I I I don't know I'm just I don't even know how to conceptualize things where I'm just like I'm scared that if I if things get too big or too good that I won't be able to show up for it mm. and so I'd much rather keep everything small because then I can't fail mm. that many people I, I, sorry it's just really I know that's totally side note but it's just like oh, like you said like inviting that small inviting that version of you like inviting that smaller version of you and like come along it'll be okay like you're going to be okay this can be fun this can be something it doesn't have to be painful it doesn't have to be I don't know I guess even even if it I mean I'm like visualizing a certain you know time in my life but like it can also be like a feeling and so if you're, I guess I'm no therapist, but like if your certain thing is like just that feeling of like deep-seated inadequacy, there was clearly something that at some point, and you might not know what that is, right? But that was the, the I guess, genesis of you not being enough and feeling like that, that feeling. I've got to like sit with this for a bit. This no, is emotional. Whatever this pod, whatever. It's this like it's, therapy slash cry slash. I'm just like, what is it? Why? Because it's impacting. It is like, it's a current, like I said, it's a wound. Like it is something that is impacting like every aspect of my life right now. It was the core of like um, struggling with my, with bulimia, with, with binge eating because I never felt like my body was enough. Like, what is that, that inadequacy, that deep seated inadequacy? Like, why, why, where did that come from? And like, and, I just you might not be able to identify again, like pinpoint, but at least you can acknowledge like that feeling. Yeah. And I mean, I will take a shot in the dark and just kind of like, I've, I, I can feel, um, 
I think just like the high achieving like side of me mm-hmm. I've always had that like intrinsic motivation I guess you could say but I also have really successful parents and like your parent I mean just I mean your mom is a very driven human being she though I'm just I'm, I'm thinking of those types of things and even if it wasn't I don't know how to explain this even if it wasn't like a particular time it could also just be like environmentally speaking just feeling like you're not caught up enough it's so crazy like part of it is like the way my parents talked about themselves and like that we were this family like oddly enough just kind of putting it out there my dad like when Aaron my brother when he met you and went to the cabin like the way my dad and I love my dad dearly but like talks about well isn't it nice to know people who own a cabin or who own a who it's always nice to know the people who are higher up or who whatever else and like (laughs) and but that's we can't have it like we can't have those things we're we're not those kinds of people who can who can have the, the nice cabin or we're not successful. We're not the ones with money. We're not the ones that are good enough. We're only good enough to be the friends or like associated. And like, Mm -hmm. that's feels like my entire life is that like, that's for those people. Those people have them like, and it's just like, I'm constantly. Think of Kelsey, you want to remain status quo. You don't want to go for the bigger because that is what you have been told your entire life. Dude, I I know it. And like, I can now, I, it's taken me years to recognize like the, the little things like all my life, my dad, and again, I love my father and I've talked to him about these things, but he's like, we're a poor, but proud family. We're the poor family. We're the humble family. Like even like the way my grandfather, like he now has like some newer clothes because a, a doctor that he knew died and he like got all of it. Well, and he talks about yeah, it. He's like, New clothes. <laughs> like, like I, he's like, well, you know, I'm I'm lucky that I had, you know, that I had a friend that died, and so now I have nice clothes. And I'm like, my God, like, just like our perspectives on money, and like the way that I was brought up about money, that like it's for other people, and like mm-hmm. even just like relationships, that like, though I, it's just so interesting, like how the way that our parents and what we've been brought up in, like it shapes our belief systems. And it's like, I can recognize it now. And I, I know that it's not true. I know that it's just stories, but like, it's still so hard to shake off like <laughs> that. It doesn't have to be my reality. <laughs> and okay. So kind of going into, so one of the things that um, in the documentary, like Jonah literally had like a giant, um, life-size I guess you could say version of his shadow that was literally sitting in between him and Phil um and and Phil had said like we are not looking at this past version of you as either good or bad rather it's a process of relating to it that matters Mm -hmm. and so whether it's you know something that you might have done in a past relationship or I might have done like thinking, you know, if my body looks this way, it's good versus bad, you know, those types of things. It's, it has nothing to do with like the moralistic code, I guess you can say. And it's really that this is a tool so that I can start fusing those things together. I can start fusing those, those versions of myself. Um, And he said, if you pay no respect or no attention to your shadow your shadow is going to go into complete self-destruct mode and you're going to just like your actions are going to be that of somebody that wants to self-destruct. Ah, this it, is so it, frustrating. It's, it's thing of like your shadow will catch up with you. And if you are going to, um, the best way that I, I mean, again, mine is more of like body stuff, but if I, I have okay so say I you know had lost the weight that I've lost and kind of like gone through the transformation that I've gone through and I deleted all of my Instagram mm. and I've done this I was like I've you've done- actually done this 
<laughs> not not with your current transformation, but Correct. like but I remember after um and actually it was I'm trying to think it was like January, like right after Josh and I had gotten married. And this was like when I was like, holy crap, like another person's gonna see like my like firsthand, like total self-destruct mode. And I deleted my Instagram that had and so at that time I was 19 that had four years of me doing weightlifting of my like pride and joy of weightlifting and feeling strong and like yes there was struggle right but I was like I'm deleting it all like it's done I'm not I don't weightlift anymore and I don't want people I was so tired of people like asking like well why don't you do this anymore and it was like the food stuff finally freaking caught up with me. Like I, it was like, hello, hi, you've been trying to ignore it this whole time and like trying to like cover it up with weightlifting or whatever, right? Deal with it. And so I literally deleted my Instagram. I didn't have it for like, I didn't have social media for a while after that, which was honestly refreshing. But in the same respect, like that would be like me deleting everything and just showing up as, and I, I use this in quotations, like a literal smaller version of myself than I was a year ago and the transformed version of myself and not ever paying attention to the, like me going through the valley. It, it, it is like this facade, this, like that perfectionistic side that we want to show everyone. But the reality is, is like, people don't want to see that. They want to see like that, that transformation that process no it's uh but I mean like this is again where we're so often we're we're constantly thinking about how far we have to go and like to get to that perfect point because when I get there then when I lose the weight then when I have the money then when I'm in the relationship then and really what people want to see and honestly what's most motivating for you in the long run too is to look back and yeah. to recognize how far you have come, to recognize your progress. Yeah. And even I reconnected this week with, um, I don't think I've seen her since I was like 15, um, but it was a girl that I had met when I, I went to a, long story short, I went to like a private, very small Lutheran school all growing up. So from kindergarten to eighth grade with all the same people, like the same 26 freaking people. And, and then like going into high school, I ended up going to this high school that wasn't in my town. It was just like, it was, my parents wanted me to like, kind of have that same like private school experience. And I absolutely hated it. However, it was a great experience now looking back, but I had met a girl there. Um, and she was, we were, we clicked immediately and we both struggled with our weight and we both had like a horrible, crappy relationship with food. So we bonded very quickly Mm -hmm. over those things but we were always trying to like diet and we'd end up, you know, messing up quote unquote, all of those things. And we reconnected this week and I was like, Hey, you know, Oh, and then fast forward, like a few years after she ended up like completely, she left school. She lost weight. She like is super strong in the gym. Like she had this huge transformation and I always like looked at her and I was like, man, I wish I could do that. Like, she was in the exact same spot that I was when we were 14 years old. And like, I still haven't figured it out. Mm-hmm. And it was just crazy. Cause this last week we reconnected and I was like, like, gosh, those like little 14 year olds that were just like in the struggle thinking we would never figure it out. And I was like, even though it took me five years after like seeing what you went through for me to go through my experience, like I'm so proud of us and I'm so proud that we like conquered it. Yep. And I mean, still conquering it, like continually like nourishing like that new version of ourselves. Um, and it, it's just like it was just crazy to like, I guess, see that because those perfection, perfectionistic like versions of ourselves just realistically don't exist and people aren't going to connect with people people don't want to hear a podcast of people pretending like it's all together like I I imagine the tears and the if you're watching it on YouTube good lord like 
I just like, like, that's one of the things like right now, I don't know what it is. Like, I just feel so much more comfortable whenever it's the two of us. I feel so much more comfortable showing up as myself with all my imperfections, like the background, like this is as real as it gets. You know what I mean? And I just, for some reason, I'm realizing like whenever I'm going off on my own and making content on my own, I am so much harsher with myself. I am so like, and the perfectionistic side of me has like reared its ugly head here recently. And it's just like, this is stupid. Like, cause you're right. Like people want real and, and if they don't like it, that's fine. You can leave like that's Cause I want to be with people who love me. Like, I don't want to have to put on a facade for people and vice versa. Yeah. So that's kind of the, uh, (laughs) sorry. Um, but then like he ended it with becoming in sync with your shadow will give you a sense of like wholeness, feeling like you've come home to yourself like that. And I, I don't think it, it will ever, I, there are going to be seasons of your life where you feel like those things, the shadow and you are out of sync or that, that feeling that angst, um, but again, like it's a tool. So when you are feeling that way, you can kind of go to this exercise and be like, what is that past version of me? Like, how do they feel again? Like, how do they feel when they're left out? Mm -hmm. And how would they feel if they weren't left out? And how would, how can I move forward if I'm able to like include my past self? And I know, again, it's just so um, is, I don't know, Aaron uses the term like metaphysical. I don't know like the exact, but it's so like, Ooh, it's like kind of in the air. You can't grasp it. And it's, it's very so deep that it's like, please stop talking about it. Honestly. It's so, but these are the hard, but I love these conversations and like, I, it, it is difficult and they're fun to kind of grapple with. And, and it, it's not going to be simple little things, but I, I just, for me, like the whole program, right? The whole Rediscover You Free program, I talk about it like an iceberg. And this is the stuff that I love because this is the underneath the surface stuff that people aren't talking about, that people aren't actually working through and grappling with. They just, they're focused on the tip of the iceberg. They're focused on just tell me how to work out. Just tell me how to eat. All right, like 75 hard tells me to do this. This is what, but you know that in order for you to actually follow through on those things, you have to do the underneath the surface stuff. You have to go and and kind of recognize your identity and 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 the those shadow bits and accept all of you and love all of you now and 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 recognize again like you had said too is like I really like how you paused and didn't say I haven't conquered it like it's something I'm doing daily like I'm never going to arrive and I think that's the biggest problem is like so many people go into whatever it is that they're they're starting and there's an end point and they think that when I get to this end point then I can go back and live my life the way that I want to and that's not how that's not how it works like it is something you're going to be doing forever so you better learn how to enjoy the journey along the way preach it snaps so what for you like is, is the biggest thing that you would want people to watch? I know this this episode's kind of been a little all over the place it's us talking whatever else what are the biggest things that you want people to walk away from in this episode today oh well one if you have netflix and you can watch the documentary i I literally cried like I don't I just I love seeing like the the real like patient relationship and that was kind of like deconstructed because they got into some crazy deep stuff but if you can't afford therapy if you can't you know like afford those things obviously we have our podcast it's lovely and free um but this was kind of like I guess Jonah's way of showing showcasing the things that he's learned and there's a book about it and you can read the book um that phil wrote but i think just the concept so i just think of well maybe you've never heard this concept before so you first need to acknowledge it and and maybe it's going to take a while to kind of figure out what your shadow is and regardless of the you know whether it's like insecurity unworthiness shame like it's all one thing it's mm-hmm. all something, whatever you want to hide, that is your shadow. Like 
it's the messy stuff you don't want people to find out it's the what he said like everything you are but don't want to be like right there can you say that one more time yeah, I want to make sure I said it right, but I'm pretty sure that that's what it I said. think that was it. Like, I think you're absolutely right. The part of you that you wish you weren't, but you are. That's it. That's it. The part of you that you wish you weren't, but you are. And just yes. recognizing it's not going to go away. Correct. I think and it's not like a, thing. it's not like a doomed thing. It's a I could see a past version of myself being like, well, that's like, how horrible, like this sucks. Like life's going to suck. It's like, no, acknowledge that this is going to be a part of you because it is, it just is (laughs) inside joke that we have. It just is, but you are, we say it with like eating stuff too. Like it's an experiment. Try living a day, acknowledging that there were past things that you've done and past things that you might not have like agreed with now that you still need to let that person in on your life because they got you to where you are now. So it it is that idea too, of like over and over again, trying to like welcome failure, welcome it because that's feedback. That's what we learn from the most. Like I always remember whenever like I took a test the questions I missed were the ones I remembered the most. Like looking back, those were the things that I actually remembered because failure stings, it hurts and it's good because then you actually learn. And if you didn't have those learning opportunities, you wouldn't be the person you are right now. Yeah, so I guess those are the things, like I would highly recommend you watch the documentary. Um, I will link the stuff um, regarding like the tools that he, the other stuff that he has, cause they're all kind of, you can use them um, interchange, like you can use them for any situation that you're kind of like trying to work through. Um, he also talks about the snapshot, which I'd love to talk about in a future episode, kind of the, in the diet world, I guess you can say, and mostly what I guess like rediscover you clients would relate with is like trying to return to a past version of you. So we can talk about that. We should definitely in that comparison mode. Ooh. Yeah. Next episode, we're going to talk about this. Yeah. Um, so we, I, I think that that's something we will touch on is this thing that he refers to as the snapshot or the other way he said it was the realm of illusion. Mm. Um, and, and kind of like, the I guess to sum it all up the last thing he said it twice in the documentary was there's three like rules or I guess you could say laws of reality okay the first one is that there's going to be pain there's going to be uncertainty and there's going to be constant work and oh I should write those down (laughs) yes And nobody can get out of it. And no matter what you do, what you achieve, you cannot absolve yourself from reality. And the reality is, is that there is going to be pain. There are going to be times where you don't know what to do. And there is always going to be constant work. And it doesn't matter what it looks like, internal work, external work, your career, freaking chores, any of those things. And so when he put it to that way, and I'm looking at like the shadow stuff and being like, oh my gosh, this is a lot, like this is heavy. It's like, well, that's just reality. Like there were times in my life that were really painful and there were times where I didn't know what to do. And, and it requires work. You're never going to get out of this life until you get out of this life. So be down for the work, essentially be down for the work. Like, I don't know how else to explain it. But when I heard that, I was like, okay. And I felt empowered, like with the shadow stuff, because that does take that continual work day in and day out. It's true. Well, and this is um, a way like Brooke Castillo, like in the life coach school, the way that she talks about it is that life is 50, 50, like no matter what 50% of the time, you're going to have more of those uncomfortable, you know, maybe more, you could say negative emotions, even though I wouldn't label them like that, but, and then 50% of the time you're going to have really happy, really high Um, And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what body you're in. It doesn't matter what your finances look like. It doesn't matter what your relationship looks like. It's always going to be 50-50. And that doesn't mean don't strive for things. Just recognize like you, like 
you will forever have to have these like highs and lows. You, you can't experience or know joy without sadness or grief. Like that's just how life is. It's a heartbeat. And so I think the more that the, the sooner that we can accept that and just be like, okay, no matter what I'm strapping in for the work and, but I want a different life experience, right? It's a different experience being in this body now than the one you were in. It doesn't mean that this body, like it doesn't mean that you don't have sad moments. It doesn't mean like that now you're in this body and you're happy all of the time. Yeah. But yeah. like that, that, I think I want people to understand that because so many people think, well, when I get to this weight, then I'll be happy or like, and, and, and you are like, you absolutely are happy, but there are still low moments. There are still moments of self-doubt. There are still moments of frustration. There are still, you know, again, like now it's, maybe it's loose skin or maybe whatever it is, there's always going to be something and that's okay. Yeah. That's reality. And that's okay. Yeah. Accept it. I, I could talk about this for hours, but yeah, we will talk about next episode that like realm of illusion. And I think we can also tie that into radical acceptance from DBT. She also oh, talked about that. that documentary. Um, so yeah, we have a few good episodes coming, you guys. We do, and I will make sure to watch this documentary so that I have a little bit more that I can speak. It's hard to like explain, obviously, because it's there was so much, and I was just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he made this like amazing. Like, I just couldn't get over it because I I love it all. So, um, do you have any announcements? Things that will be. I, as of right now, no, I'm still considering possibly doing a fine food freedom challenge. Take two. The last time we had done it, I think it was March, May. March. It was March, dude. March. Fine, the, the fine food freedom challenge was March. So oh. I think it could be really fun to do before going into the new year. Um, and so we'll, I'll, I'll take a look at that and see, and I will make more announcements but other than that, guys, I think the big thing um, too, besides if you are looking for support and having like a group where you can grapple and talk about this stuff, like that, I mean, that was a huge thing for Victoria, like being part of a group that believed in her in moments when she didn't. And oftentimes that's what we need. We need that social incentive. We need that sense of belonging. We like in those moments when we feel low, when we have that self-doubt, when we feel like we're not good enough, when we feel like what's the point, we're apathetic, right? Then we have people that are right there to help, help remind us of our bigger reason why, help remind us of why we're here and what we're working towards and um, what we're capable of. So if you are looking for a community, we do have Rediscover You free. You can always set up a free strategy session with me. We can talk about and see if you'd be a good fit for the community and for the program because you deserve a life of freedom from binge eating. Like that is something Victoria and I can like clearly say, which we never thought was possible. Neither of, we do not binge eat. Like that is just not part of our reality. It's so mind blowing because there was a time in our lives where we never thought that was possible, but it 100% is like 100%. So if you'd like to learn more about that, we'll put a link to a, a strategy call. Alrighty, guys, we will chat with you later. And then also be sure to um, review, leave a review, leave a comment if you're yeah. willing, um, just telling us how you enjoy the podcast. So we love you we guys. Chat with you later. Bye. Bye.